righty then, welcome back to another episode of Dementia in Black and White. I am your host, Matthew Johnson, and today we're going to hear stories from someone whose grandmother had dementia, just to personalize it a little bit this week. And if you have a story that you like to share, or if you are a caregiver and you're interested in asking a question, why don't you send an email to dballer at gmail.com, dballer, D-I-B-A-W-L-E-R, dementia in black and white, dball, so dballer at gmail.com. And hopefully we can get an answer to your question or maybe even interview you for the podcast. All right, so sit back, relax, and listen to the story of Taylor, whose grandmother had dementia, and the perspective from a loved one talking about someone that they love. Okay, so how long after being diagnosed with dementia did she go into a nursing home? Four or five years. And before she was diagnosed with dementia, did you all know she had dementia? I mean, they had an inkling. Oh, so it really was not clear, necessarily. We were pretty sure. I mean, when she was talking about how the KKK lived down the street, Mm. that was a hint. I mean, that actually, she was in North Carolina. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she made her Arlington to say that she got dementia. So <laughs> we were like, we know all your neighbors. Who are you talking about? And she's like so describing down the dirt road that she lived when she was younger because yeah. she was in the mindset of being a teenager. Yeah. yeah. And so she was describing the little shack that she grew up in in Mississippi. And we were like, well, that is not where you are currently located. So that's an issue. Red flag. And there were just enough of those red flags that ended up coming up that my mom was like, we probably should take her to someone because this seems like, and then she'd be lucid. So those were very rare. And then she'd be lucid and you'd be like, you were just saying that you were in Mississippi. And she's like, well, clearly I'm not in Mississippi. I'm in North Carolina. How could I be in two places at once? make y'all look crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So then she made you question yourself. Like, maybe I didn't hear it right. Maybe I'm going crazy. I didn't hear this right. Um, But she got diagnosed, and then they gave her medication to help to slow down the progression of the dementia. Did it? It did. It worked for a while until she felt that she was getting better. So she stopped taking the pills. And at that point, that's when it started to progress really rapidly. So I wanted to stop it there just um, to kind of give where my story is in parallel with Taylor's grandmother in that those moments of kind of going back and forth with my mother thinking that she is in a time of her early teens or late teens. And she'll talk about that as as if it were present tense. And, you know, to try and 
correct her or what have you is not really the way to go because that just caused an argument or caused confusion. And then there'd be these moments of lucidness where she is good and right back in the present moment. And so kind of have to pay attention and keep track to make sure you are staying with her as she moves in and out of lucidity. That's a word. So yeah, just uh, pretty interesting there. So I'm going to go back to the story with Taylor and her grandmother. On her own for a while, she gotten lost a couple of times. Driving. No. Walking. Yeah. Hmm. She did get lost driving too, but that was before. And that was she started getting lost when Creighton and I were in the car with her. And luckily, I had my license, so I just told my grandmother, like, "Hey, Grand, let me just drive. You seem like you're tired." Hmm. And I'll just drive us around. And she loved the idea because I called myself her chauffeur, which mm-hmm. she always wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she got lost wandering around. And then we noticed that she wasn't really like sleeping. So mm. she'd be wandering at night. Mm. And um, so that was an issue. Like she walked into her neighbor's houses. Like, her neighbor came home one day, and my grandmother was sitting at her kitchen table, like, making herself food, like, cooking. And the neighbor, luckily, was just knew where she lived and was like, hey, Lula, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm just making myself a sandwich. I picked some tomatoes from the garden. Guess who's coming to dinner? A tomato sandwich that she made with this woman's ingredients. And the kitchen was a disaster because she couldn't remember how to make a tomato sandwich. And she was using a knife, which, huge red flag. And my mom was like, okay, it's just not safe for her to be at home anymore. She needs someone to watch her. And my grandmother had requested that my mom, who ended up having power of attorney over her, wait until the absolute last minute before she was put into a home. What's that What's that clue or sign when she forgets? Well, my mom ended up getting her caretakers. So they came every the day. Yeah. Okay. And they yeah, were with yeah. her all the time, except for like 10 hours at night. Okay. And at that point, my aunt was supposed, one of my aunts was supposed to be there. All right. So I wanted to jump in again just to talk about those things. So... She mentioned Creighton. That is her younger brother, by the way. And they would go and spend summers with their grandmother down in North Carolina. So when she talked about being able to drive and drive her around, she said Creighton would be in the car with them. That's who she was referring to. And then something else of note that she mentioned there about her mother being a power of attorney. And that's an important point. And I wanted to stop to highlight that because there are questions, of course, around when do you do that? How? Do you go about doing that? And I plan to have that conversation in one of the upcoming podcasts, hopefully with Taylor's mother, um, who can come on and talk about that. So that'll be a future podcast. Now, we'll go on to another story from Taylor. And this one is related to her husband. So she'll mention Alex in this story. And Alex is her husband. So, like, Alex, when he came in, not initially. Initially, she was 
lucid sometimes. Um, and she was lucid the first time she met him, although she did hit on him. <laughs> he, was, he was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he's like, she just grabbed my junk. And I was like, oh! <laughs> and he's like, what do I do? And I was when like, when cougars attack. <laughs> I was like, he's like, what do you, he's like, what do I do? And I was like, I don't know. Do you want her to touch your junk? And he's like, no. And I was like, remove yourself. I was like, if you're fine, then just stay where you are. Oh my goodness. And he's like, he's like, you're fine with that? And I was like, she's like 80. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> So I want to come back out of that just to comment on that for a moment because I've heard other stories about people with dementia. Of course, they are now not necessarily in their right mind and the brain is starting to deteriorate. And so they might lose sense of social cues and inappropriate touching I've heard um, stories of dementia uh, patients in nursing homes and reaching out and grabbing the butt of a caregiver or smacking somebody on the behind and those things might happen and of course it is up to you as the person who is either the caregiver or someone who is Know, part of the family or what have you to understand that that individual means no harm. You don't apply the same rules of the world in terms of, Oh, that's sexual harassment and blah, blah, blah for that individual. But instead, if it's something that's a one and done, you maybe ignore that, not make that big a deal out of it. Or if it's something that consistently happens, you might develop some way of redirecting, the individual or certainly staying out of arm's reach if um, that's something that keeps happening. But what's key is that you develop the strategies around those types of behaviors so that you don't make the individual with dementia uncomfortable. Yeah, just a very funny story there. And so I didn't mention earlier that this was done on a cell phone. So you might hear other people's phones going off and it was just, you know, kind of a open room so the quality is not going to be that great but one more story from taylor about her grandmother my grandmother took dementia as an excuse to say anything she wanted which <laughs> that's something my yeah. grandma would do. was entertaining um sometimes <laughs> And sometimes extraordinarily inappropriate. Like, uh. Mainly the latter. <laughs> she came to visit me while I was in college. And she's like, I was a little bit late and I had just woken up and it was like one o'clock. And she's like, oh, late night. And I was like, yeah, watching TV. And she's like, didn't you go out to a party and drink? And I was like, Graham, oh. I'm not 21. And she's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and I was like okay I don't drink underage she's like you're boring <laughs> she's like you are 
so boring. <laughs> she's like, you need to live a little. <laughs> and she's, I was like, Grant, I can't drink. And my girl's like, yes, you can. She's like, you're pretty. You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> she gave you the key. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, grab his junk. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> Worked every and time. My mom was like, the rocks. <laughs> no, you can't tell her to drink. And my grandmother's like, Yes, I can. I can say anything I want to. <laughs> I've got the picture. <laughs> I'm not going to remember this. All right, welcome back. Uh, I got to tell you, just sitting there and hearing uh, Taylor talk in such a loving way about her grandmother and, you know, of course, the relationship that they had. And she did go into some of the details around the nursing home and that experience. But I wanted to today at least focus on those more positive things and those funny stories because I would imagine regardless of what you're dealing with their ups and their downs and we might want to just pull out some of those nuggets to cherish for the long haul because laughing can sometimes get us through some of those tough times so I want to thank Taylor for agreeing share her stories and as you can tell she can tell a story and hold a room she has that infectious laughter and the ability to keep you just hanging on every word and so it's quite fitting that she would be the first guest to dementia in black and white all right you have been listening to Dementia in black and white with your host, Matthew Johnson. Thank you for tuning in this week. I appreciate you. You got a lot of options out there for podcasts. Thank you for clicking on this one. Until next time, please take care of your loved ones. Yes, but, and probably more importantly, take care of yourself because your health, both mental and physical, is a depreciating asset. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can't get it back. Love on your loved one, but love on yourself too. Until next time, deuces.